covering the top picks, plays, core plays, first look build here for you guys for the Sony Open. So if you're new to fantasy golf, I mean, last week is exactly what makes fantasy golf so great. John Rahm shoots minus 10 to come from behind and steal the victory from Colin Morikawa. I mean, that was so fun. He hit as a winner for us at six to one, was the top rated player in the nine to five model, hit as a first round leader at four to one because we split it, you know, really. And that was our, the biggest mistake I would say from last week is not being John Rahm first round leader and win, you know, that'd been good odds, but you know, another great week, which continues from the fall, like really, kind of, I don't want to say easy, but we continue to do the correct lineup approaches each week, which has been paying off thus far. So look to give you guys that in this video. If you guys enjoyed the coverage, make sure to give a like and subscribe. All right. So getting to the course breakdown, we got Wiley, Wiley Country Club. So looking at it, guys, uh, we, we know the course breakdown. All right. We've seen this uh, course a few times now. It's a Hawaii location, seaside style course. We got a full tournament field event. It is a par 70 and it is a shorter track as well. Only measuring about uh, around 7,000 yards. The average cut line over the past few years has been 2.4 under par okay so it is easier scoring track in terms of making the cut uh the winning score on average though uh has only been about 18 under par which is about normal to uh easy but if we look at the last two seasons especially last year where the conditions were great it looks like the conditions are going to be great once again so i think we can kind of look at this data point a little bit more than the other ones where the cut was minus five and the winning score was 23. You know, I think we could look at that a little bit more and kind of gauge that this is going to be easier scoring track because, well, the defense is the wind, you know, and when that doesn't occur, then it's just going to be easier to score on. So it is a Seth Rayner course design, Bermuda greens, uh, fairway length, uh, 50 yards. So not too much there. Okay. Uh, don't have anything at green speeds. Greens are about average size. Rough length, don't have that. Uh, 83 bunkers, four water hazards, and four water hazards in play. So really not too much trouble, and that's why players can go out and play. The biggest defense is going to be the win. And one thing I want to call out is that the past few winners have been players that have won the previous week at the STOC. Now, I'm not saying that's a trend that's going to continue, but that might sway myself with either some bets that I'm 50-50 on or potentially some roster construction concerns. Like if I am deciding between two players, one player has a start at the tournament and one player does not, that is a good opportunity to use kind of a stat like that. Just they're more familiar. They don't have the travel, the jet lag or anything like that. They've had kind of a week to acclimate themselves to everything. It just kind of helps them out a little bit there, I think. So looking at kind of just the key stats from last year, once again, we're looking at last year because it is a easy scoring event, uh, most likely this week with the good weather. Uh, the interesting thing is that really nothing too key across the board. I mean, sure, total driving, okay. Uh, stroke skin approach or stroke skin around the green is popping up. Par four scoring was was huge for Hideki last year. Birdie to bogey ratio as well, but nothing like too eye-popping, okay? As always, we see birdie or better percentage was huge for players that missed the cut. They just didn't score. Makes sense. A par five scoring, and that's part of it as well. They just weren't scoring on par fives as well. Uh, and part of the reason why is they weren't able to hit their approach shots close. So now let's go ahead and just look at the broad picture of things, all the starts at the tournament, and we can see much more balance. Like there are not many tournaments in which there aren't really any key stats to dial in on. Like all facets of the game are going to be huge. Now we do see 200 plus a little bit as well as a key stat to go off of. Um, 
which is a little bit shocking to me. That pretty much tells me that people are going like less than driver and they're just using their irons a little bit more because it's easier to go about doing that. You want to hit the fairways pretty much. And not even that, you just don't want to put yourself into any trouble. So the biggest takeaway is that, you know, birdie or better percentage, you know, typically speaking, we always want to look at that, but that's huge. You just need players that are going to score, especially on an easy scoring track that just makes sense. So let's go ahead and just look at the hole by hole comparison just to kind of point that out as well. We see that you, the biggest thing players need to do is score on the par fives. Okay, that is it. They need to score on the par fives. That is pretty much it. And then looking at the most dangerous holes, one. And so if your player starts off with a bogey on one, don't be too uh, distraught. Okay, it is the one of the toughest holes looking at last year and then they can't be messing up on the par threes that is pretty much it those holes kind of play over par and then the rest of them are going to be easy okay so just a fair warning there all right so now getting into the top course history while well, lucas glover is coming in with only one start last year uh had a fifth place finish okay that's good for him there uh but we can look at Corey connors Corey connors is kind of the course horse all right 11th 12th and third over his past few starts here uh you know having three starts that's obviously really good and i love the fact that he also played last week uh that is gonna be huge he's gonna be someone that i think we're looking at hayden buckley okay kind of someone that had a decent fall 12th overall here last year Sebez, we get him at a great price tag i can already tell you he's gonna be someone i like 17th here last year ryan palmer okay Okay, Ryan Palmer, not really shocking. This is a course that if you think of Ryan Palmer, you think, hey, this is a good course for him. 12th, 34th, 4th, good stuff there. Hideki with his win last year, uh, 19th, 12th, and 1st before that, so good stuff there. Billy Horschel popping up, 36th and 7th. Webb, Webb was such a disappointment, and this was really the eye-popping moment with Webb last year is that he struggled at this tournament last year. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but it's just like, oh, Webb is a lock, you know, great course history. Everything's, like, coming together. And then we just kind of know some weird stuff like his swing was a little bit off it was kind of you could tell that there was something going on with Webb, and he really hasn't gotten back to full like web mode in a while he has great course history though sixth fourth and third over the last three years obviously good there we can keep going down there's enough players with a decent amount of starts svenson sink <clears throat> keith mitchell three out of his last four cuts here were made and all the made cuts were top 20 finishes obviously good there we can see michael thompson guys he has better finishes each year here that is highly impressive to me brendan Steele, a guy that you think would do well at this tournament uh two top five finishes like there is a bunch of players with good course history so it's going to be an interesting week honestly uh keegan bradley you know we can see three out three out of four made cuts here two top 12 finishes pat and kazire a seventh and 13th like oh man course history wise like and I, this is a tournament that i do kind of want to look at course history um it's just interesting we got a lot of pretty solid plays is what you'll see so let's go ahead and get into recent form so recent form wise no real shock that tom kim is popping up there after another spectacular finish last week i mean it's tom kid's world and we're just living in it a fifth last week Whew, just continues to play well if you look at his recent form over the last five, last 10, last 15, just dominating. Taylor Montgomery as well, a player that some people might forget about, had a really great fall swing, just loading up on a bunch of top 20 finishes. Uh, Sanjay M, you know, a good enough week last week, 13th place finish. We'll take that. Brian Harmon continued his good golf, kind of had a disappointing Sunday, but overall still a good play last week. Cbez had a very cheap price tag. Like I said, Cbez is going to be popping up a decent amount. Cam Davis as well. We like him, Billy Horschel. I mean, there are a decent amount of players coming in with some good recent form. And I kind of mentioned this last week. That's kind of the tough part about this portion of the season is that we have a lot of players that will most likely be coming in with some good form. We have a lot of players that, you know, 
probably had a good fall swing and are playing in this event. Uh, some players that uh, the bigger name guys are coming into this event because they're already here because of the uh, Century Tournament Champions. So they're going to be playing in it. And obviously they've ended their season really well, most of them being FedEx Cup uh, playoff type players. So there's going to be a lot of good players coming in with a lot of great recent form. I mean, look at uh, someone like Maverick McNeely. 27th, 10th, 18th, 12th, and 10th. And he's coming in as the 10th best recent form. Freaking Corey Connors, who, you know, pretty solid player, 12th. It's kind of crazy. Jordan Spieth, 13th best in recent form rank. Kind of crazy there, okay? So let's go ahead and get into stat fit real quick. I realized I didn't actually do that after the course overview. So players that would be good stat fits. And guys, I have kind of just kept it the same, at least for the starting portion of the season, where I just want to be looking at like the, the general stats for the most part. Strokes gained total, greens gained, effective scoring that nine to five stat that just measures is pretty much both uh, safety and upside, uh, ability to make the cut, and then birdie or better percentage over the last five, because I do want to kind of focus on capturing upside. And so looking at that, we're not going to worry about Mr. Small Sample Size here, uh, but Tom Kim popping up there, Sunjam, David Lipsky, that's a little bit shocking, uh, Corey Connors, Russell Henley, Smalley, uh, Billy Horschel, and guys, this is part of the reason, like, this is partially due to small sample sizes here uh we got a lot of different names popping up here but that's also kind of the nature of this event is that kind of everyone's a decent play is kind of what it is and there's gonna be small things that lead to big differences and one of those small things honestly might be looking at the specialist page so looking at it brian Harmon is gonna be the top specialist in the field then you got sun jm tom kim taylor montgomery billy horschel and once again like the the specialist is just looking at all the key characteristics for that week's tournament uh, without loading up on like a weird data point too much, pretty much. Uh, so we're looking at course designer, greens, location, uh, length of course, scoring, expected scoring. So easy scoring, full. Obviously, it's a shorter track. We're looking at that as well. So we're mixing and matching all that stuff in there. And actually, one thing I'm very curious about is looking at players on uh, short tracks. So I'm just going to pull that up because I think that could be a deciding factor as well. So courses, players on short courses, Tom Kim, Ryan Harmon, M, Montgomery, Sig, Cam Davis, Will Gordon. Okay, Andrew Putnam, who you guys probably already know, I like Andrew Putnam. So just all interesting stuff there when we're looking at this. I think I'll be using kind of specialists as another 50-50 decision maker uh, this week where if I'm deciding between a couple of players, if one player is a better specialist, that's, how, that's where I'm going to be using it. So as always, I'm going to be highlighting the top four players in each price point tier. We're starting out with Tom Kim here. Tom Kim is just tough not to love. Yes, he's the highest priced player on the slate, uh, but he's just coming in, basically checking all the boxes. The only reason why he's not the top player in the nine to five model is basically just due to small sample size. That's something I adjusted in the model this past fall. Uh, and that's kind of the human element is that with someone like Tom Kim, he's like the exception to the rule where it's fine that we have a small sample size or not as big of a sample size on him as some of the other players because he has just been playing some really great golf. I mean, you kind of just have to play him. Fifth place finish last week, 11th. Uh, two first place finishes, a seventh over his last few starts. I mean, just spectacular. In the field, he ranks out best in recent form over the past 10 starts. So really tough not to love that as well. And if you look at it, obviously he's going to be the best staff fit in the field as well if he has the best recent form really across the board. So no shot there. Doesn't have any course history, obviously, but he did play last week, which I think is a big plus for him. And he ranks out top five in the model still with being a small sample size player. Tom Kim is someone that, you know, you can definitely still fit into your builds. And I think that you should. Looking at it, Sunjay M. And if anyone played the Sony Open last year, they know that Sunjay M was a big letdown for us uh, at this tournament. Missed the cut. And I, I believe we were deciding between Hideki or Sunjay M like as like a final roster spot decision and went with Sunjay just because he had been, you know, more consistent. Uh, 
he is still a great play. Obviously, Rangestall is the top player in the 9-5 to model. Uh, miscut last year. Uh, and the form at this course has been going the wrong way. You know, 100th, miscut is what that's indicating. 56th, 21st, 16th. So not good stuff there. We can see stat fit-wise, though, a really good stat fit. Uh, ranks top 10 or better in three out of the four key stats that we're looking at. And then recent form-wise, you know, could be a little bit better. But at the same time, like, we should be getting a make cut out of him. And he is a good specialist. I'm not sure that we have to pay up for Kim or M this week. But if you do, they're both solid plays. So one of the reasons why you might not need to pay up for a stud like that is that we have so much soft pricing on so many elite plays and that's weird to say when i'm pulling up brian Harmon, but he low-key has kind of been that way and yes we worry about the course history here kind of struggled here you know three out of four cuts made but his best finish was 32nd that is alarming okay that i don't like key stat wise pretty good for the most part what we're banking on is going to be that recent form a 16th place finish last week and that was after kind of a, a disappointing sunday you know he was making some birdies uh, prior to that second, second, 23rd, 15th, like I was worried that his recent form wouldn't carry over last week from the fall and it did. So I think at 9.7, he's still a great play. Ranks out as the best specialist, ranks out second in the nine to five mile. He's going to be a player that's going to be tough to pass up on this week. But then again, we got Corey Connors who Corey Connors is looking like a little bit of a better play. Sure. He has a mixed miscut mixed in there, but oh, well, you know, whatever. I don't really care about one random miscut. We can see just been a top like 25 machine. Uh, he basically did exactly what you would have expected him to do last week, which was finished 18th, basically middle of the pack, a player that wasn't going to hurt you, but not really going to help you. Uh, this is a tournament in which I probably see him helping us a little bit more, especially given the 9.6 price tag. We can see great course history, 11th, 12th, and third, top 10 in three out of the four key stats, and just, you know, pretty solid recent form, six best specialists, ranks out third in the nine to five model. He's going to be a player that I think we are starting most of our builds out with. It just makes a lot of sense. And now moving down into the mid tier, someone like Cam Davis is going to be a player that is really just a strong play. I think he's someone you could potentially consider as an outright bet uh, at 45 to one. Those are going to be good numbers. So first he does rank out as a top 10 specialist. That's going to be huge. Recent form wise, top 10 in the field there as well. A little bit of a lack of consistency, I guess there, um, I guess recently, but for the most part, you know, pretty solid there. Course history wise, three out of four make cuts here with a top 10 finish and all the make cuts were 31st or better, which I do like. One missed cut four years ago, not too worried about that. So overall, Cam Davis is coming in looking like a very strong play, especially at this price tag. And he's part of the reason why I think it's going to be difficult to pay up for him and Kim because we can make a very solid kind of fair and balanced approach build. Our top player from the fall and man he is looking like a strong play again i'll tell you what guys 55 to 1 50 to 1 wherever you're getting his odds they're going to be good right now so please go ahead and hammer those andrew putnam at 50 to 1 as a top 10 play is just something that is too tough to pass up on we can see he's made three out of four cuts here with a second place finish four years ago so that's obviously highly encouraging he has shown winning upside already at this tournament he has already shown winning upside this season as well now sure lately a little bit less in the recent form category 21st 35th 48th 29th but he did have a second 12th you know he was rattling off good finishes and played in some courses that weren't as good of courses for him and did well at those if we look at his recent form over the past 10 events ranks out fifth in the field if we look at his recent form over the past 15 events fourth so when we look at the last five events that's going to be our biggest worry had some time off. I kind of expect his game to be here. Uh, he would only rank out 14th over the last fifth or over the last five weeks. So not great there, but still at 8K, also ranking out as the second best specialist, 
you know, good stuff there. At AK, this is one of those situations where every now and again, DraftKings will give us a player that given a price tag is too difficult not to play. You know, they're just coming in really, he's almost checking all the boxes. You know, that one miscut two weeks or two years ago is the biggest worry. Other than that, just a spectacular play, especially at AK. I think we're going to be forced into playing Andrew Putnam this week, just given the price tag. If he was $500 more, then maybe we would have to think about it. But the fact that he's AK ranking out better than a lot of 9k plays it, it's super difficult not to play him like there are certain situations in which a player is the correct play can with a price point um being considered in that and that's gonna be andrew putnam this week it, there's just it's the correct play if it doesn't work out i'm willing to eat that you know it's fine and i phrased it that way guys because time in and time again when we make those correct roster decisions they're gonna pay off there's a reason why so far this year it's been easy you know roster construction has been easy the dfs aspect of it has been easy it was the easiest fall that continued last week you just got to make the correct decisions each and every week knowing that in the long term it's going to pay off and so far it's paid off and honestly one of those correct decisions is looking like it's going to be Seabez. and he's someone that given his odds i think he's going to be a great bet as well we see the course history 17th second fourth great stuff there the biggest worry with him is going to be key stat wise or sorry he only has one start here 17th last year key stat wise really good he's really good in strokes gain total okay and really good at effective scoring where he gets a little bit worrisome is his greens gained and his birdie or better percentage so if he struggles those are going to be the reasons he struggles but as a whole when you consider his recent form 26 third three straight fifths it's tough not to love him given this price tag and this, once again, this is where fair and balanced approach is probably going to be the easiest approach to go with this week. It's just you can kind of blindly click and find a good play at a, a relatively cheap price tag, especially in this AK price point tier. And guys, there are a lot of great plays really in the 9K price point range and the 8K price point range. This was not easy kind of reducing the plays down to only four. But for content purposes, I feel the need to do that. Uh, JJ Spawn is the player that I ended up on. And I know you guys are seeing the course history and you're like that is brutal and it is brutal okay where i like jj spawn is the fact that he did have a start last week at the century tournament champions and he was also the main reason why we had a good week obviously i said hey we need to play two values ended up on trey molinax and jj spawn as those values that ended up working out because he had a fifth place finish. Well, why did we decide to play him? Because he had good recent form prior to that as well. So he's at a cheap price tag. So it was a little bit lucky that he got a fifth, but at the same time, not too shocking. You know, 15th place finish before that, 15th place finish before that. Actually, three out of his last six starts have been top 15 place finishes. Over his last five starts, ranks out 12th, top 12 in the field in recent form ranks. So really good there. Overall, still top 20 in the field. He is definitely a GPP play, not someone you're playing in cash, just given that course history. But honestly, I'm not too worried about it. I do like the fact that he has played this course, and I do like the fact that he's going to be here now for a week to kind of prepare for this tournament so all signs to him point to him being a good play and now we dip down into that low tier so alex smalley to me is a very interesting player all right so now we dip down into that low tier we are looking at alex smalley to start off with here i think just given the recent form i mean a fifth a fourth and 11th place finish over his last three starts that is something that's going to be intriguing now yes i've mentioned this a bunch now and it with the time off, we do see more variance. You know, time between starts, uh, there's just more variance. But at the same time, it's tough to ignore it. Like, he was in great recent form 
prior to the the break. And so that is something I kind of want to chase. And he's also pretty good key stat wise. 12th in strokes gain total, fifth in strokes or fifth in effective scoring, a little bit luster in Green's game, but he ranks out 18th in the field in birdie or better percentage over his last five starts. So really all good stuff there. Uh, recent form wise, you know, fifth over his last five and top 22 over his last uh, 15 starts. So really across the board, a good play considering the price tag. I would say more of a GPP play. Um, don't like the fact that he missed the cut last year at this tournament, but I do like the fact that he has some sort of course experience. That kind of gives me a one-up on him over someone that doesn't. Like once again, a 50-50 decision. If you are deciding between him and someone else that you think are very similar plays um, and the other player doesn't have any course history, then just play Smalley. Just having course experience is kind of a one-up, okay? So Alex Smalley, a decent play as price point GPP only play though. Now JT Poston to me is going to be someone that is going to be very difficult not to like as a play considering the price tag. Okay. As a whole, I would say if we were to play this like event a hundred times, he would probably make the cut. Let's say probably like 70% of the time. And actually, you know what? Let's just check the make cut percent. <laughs> Okay, so the make cut is 70%. Look at that. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, and that's actually a pretty good make cut percent, though, at this price tag. 7.7, .7, cheap price tag. We look at his course history, two out of four make cuts here, one top 20 finish. Uh, but the thing that we like, once again, is that the fact that he did have a start last week at the Century Tournament Champions. So that is going to be big. You know, he doesn't have to worry about traveling to this event. He's already here. He's kind of relaxed. Uh, Take a mental break a couple of days. Doesn't have to worry about that travel stuff. That should all lead to him being a decent play. And just given the price tag, like he is someone that we should be concerned. He is someone I expect to make the cut. Sure, he's had some one-off bad starts and that could easily happen. 93rd, 67th, one uh, missed cut. But two straight top 21 finishes, uh, 20 place finish before that 15th. So basically, like this is telling me that if we get a make cut from JT Poston, we are going to get a top 25 place finish, which at 7.7, .7, we would certainly take. So there are a lot of similar plays, I think, in this price point here. And I literally use the fact that Mackenzie Hughes played last week as a deciding factor as to tout him over someone else. And if we look at his last start at this tournament, I like the fact that he's coming in off of the 20th place finish. Two out of three make cuts here. Uh, 19th place finish last week. That was good. Or last year at this tournament. That was good. Recent form wise, you know, pretty good for the most part. 21st, 70th, not good, but 16th, 23rd, 1st, 25th, like had good recent form. Now, if we go back further, uh, bad form, you know, looking at the field, but it does seem like he has found something in his game. He is someone that can go out and score. Okay. Birdie or better percentage seventh. So he is someone GPP wise. It wouldn't be shocking to see him get a top 10 place finish because he is someone that can make birdies. He really just needs to hit the greens, which is obviously going to be his weakness. 125th in the field in greens gain, but seventh in the field in birdie or better percentage. So it's really which Mackenzie Hughes are we getting? Great GPP play, probably not someone you can play in cash. So there were some other players I was considering, obviously in this price point tier, but I kind of ended up going with Knox, just given the price tag. Okay, we are getting a pretty solid player at a pretty cheap price tag. We can see he has been either making a cut or right around a make cut for a decent portion of the season. And given the bottom of this field being pretty terrible. That's basically what I think we can expect from him. And given the, the bottom of the field being not as good, I kind of expect him to make the cut. Okay, maybe we're only getting a 50th place finish, but at 7.2, we would certainly take someone making the cut. We see course history wise, three out of four make cuts here. Okay, last year, a seventh place finish. So that's obviously encouraging. Uh, you know, 36 specialists in the field, not bad. Uh, top 20 staff in the field, not bad. Course history rise, top 30, recent form, top 35. Like low key, a pretty solid play. Like given the price tag, he's going to be someone that I think we are not trying to go out of our way 
to play, but at the same time, targeting if we're in this price point tier. So now dipping down into the value tier, I do think someone like Ryan Armour is going to be someone that I kind of think is going to be difficult to pass up on. We look, he has made three straight cuts in a row. Obviously pretty encouraging there, a 68th, a 24th, and a 13th. So he has shown some upside as well. The part that we like about Ryan Armour is the fact that he has good course history in his made cuts. Like if he makes the cut, we could be in a top 20 finish. So he's finished 20th, 32nd, missed cut, and 22nd. So good stuff there for the most part. Uh, Long-term form, terrible. Okay, don't look at that. Obviously, we're in the value tier. They're not going to be perfect, especially nowadays. Like back in the day when DraftKings and FanDuel were pretty much making their salaries based off a of world ranking, you could get some pretty free squares as value tier plays. That's really not the case anymore. Um, Got to make educated decisions. And that would be Ryan Armour here. You know, it does rank out top 30 in the nine to five model. That's because of the uh, better recent form. And that's because of the good course history. Uh, Staff hit wise, not terrible as well. Like if we get this version of Ryan Armour, Ryan, did I just combine Brian Harmon and Ryan Armour? Interesting. If we get this version of Ryan Armour, we should begin to make cut, which is something at 6.9 I would definitely take. So now Aaron Baddeley, more of a content play here where I try to do the top four players in each price point tier. Well, I'm not sure if I will end up playing Baddeley. Okay, but at the same time, if I need to dip below 6.5, I might consider him. Okay, so he has one start here in the last four years where he finished 41st. He has been someone recently that we have been targeting as well DFS wise because, well, he's kind of been priced a little bit too cheap. He's been like the best option of the value tier plays. And that has worked out uh, in the three events that we used him, I guess, you know, 39th place finish, 69th, not great. And then sixth. Okay. And actually pretty good stuff over his last few events. Like if we look at his last five starts or even his last 10 top 50 in the field. So what does that tell us? If we get that form out of him should be able to make the cut. It'll be close, but I would take close. I would take close at 6.4. Okay. So not a terrible play. And if we look at a 59% chance to make the cut, I will take that. We will take that for sure. Let's go Aaron Baddeley, a bad. And Eric Barnes is an interesting player. Just don't have that much of a sample size on him. But if we look at it, Key stat-wise, decent. Recent form, obviously, that's why we'd be playing him. A 10th and a 43rd place finish over his last few starts. Uh, that's what we'd be chasing. Okay, specialist-wise, does rank out 20th in the field. Like, not a good play and not someone I would want to target. But if you had to, like, if you don't want to go too crazy on one of the other value plays, you could look at him. Okay, I don't love it, but someone you could play. And then lastly, Ben Taylor kind of popping up there as well. Uh, doesn't have a make cut here but does have two starts here. Key stat-wise, pretty good. Like, top 10 in the field, staff hill-wise. So that's going to be intriguing to me. That kind of tells me that if his form from the fall carries over, should be a good play. If we look at his recent form as a whole, had been someone making cuts. Like, that is pretty good. 59th, 57th, obviously not great, but we would take it at the 6.8 price point. And then if we look at his recent form, 89th. So not bad there as well. So pretty good stuff there for a value to your play. All right, getting to the core plays for the Sony Open. We look at Corey Connors to start off with. Corey Connors has tremendous course history. No worse than a 12th place finish here over the last three starts. I love the fact that he played at the Century Tournament of Champions last week. Not the best finish, but honestly, that's what we expected from him uh, last week, like an 18th place finish. Middle of the field, a player that's not going to hurt you or a player that's not going to help you. Well, that's basically Corey Connors to a T. This week, though, is suggesting that he is going to be someone that helps us enough. Could he win? Maybe. You know, I like the fact that he does have the start here last year. Uh, but overall, really good staff fit. Top 10 in three out of the four key stats that we're looking at. Ranking out fourth in the field, stat fit-wise. Second best course history. And if we just were to trim that down to players that had multiple starts, 
at this tournament over the last four years would be the best in course history. And then tack on the fact that he is in good recent form for the most part. 18th, 23rd, 25th, 86th place finish, not great, but 26th, 5th, like all good stuff there. Corey Connors points to a player that is going to make the cut and potentially push for, you know, a top 10. I talked about how Andrew Putnam is just kind of the correct play given the price tag uh, earlier on in this video. Well, he is going to be someone that I think we can't really pass up on. Let's look at the course history. Uh, three out of four made cuts here with a runner up place finish four years ago. That is all highly encouraging to me. We look at the fact that over his past like six starts have been in contention kind of twice, a second and a 12th place finish coming in, just making a bunch of cuts in a row. Uh, if we look long-term, 14th in the field in recent form rank. And if we look just recently, or sorry, if we look over the past five stars, 14th in the field in recent form rank. And if we look long-term, even better, top five in the field. Really, Andrew Putnam is coming in, checking all the boxes. He's a player, given this price tag, is super tough and difficult not to play. And then lastly, Christian Bazoon, how basically the exact same play as someone like Andrew Putnam, just a little bit worse in my eyes. Uh, the recent form is a little bit better, though, as we can see. Uh, 26th, 3rd, 5th, 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 just rattling off some good finishes there. Uh, course history-wise has a 17th place finish, so that's encouraging. Is top 5 in two out of the key stats that we're looking at, stroke scan total and effective scoring. Overall ranks out top 12 in the 9-to-5 model. Those are going to be my three core plays for the Sony Open. So let's go ahead and put those players into a build on DraftKings, and I'll show you guys what the first look would look like. Uh, on the 9to5 website. So to me, these are going to be the starting points. Those are the core plays. And I'm kind of saying that because, well, typically I like to do four core plays. I really couldn't decide like which players we should end up on core play wise. Like these are the three that I feel given the price tags, we need to go out of our way to play. But like there are so many close plays that I, I didn't want to give you guys another core play. So looking at it, like Brian Harmon, I do like. Keegan's actually in a good spot, but obviously you couldn't play Keegan just given his price tag. So maybe you go with someone like JT Poston. And then you're fine. And then you could go with Ryan Armour or Ben Taylor. I think either or are going to be good options. I think I'm going to go with Ben Taylor for now. That could change. So let's go ahead and plug this into the 9 to 5 lineup tool. So click on the lineup tool. And now we're just going to plug that build into it. Hugo is a little bit early for a send off, guys. I apologize. <laughs> so this is what the lineup would look at look like 78% chance uh, cut percentage. You know, if we put the averages for all of them, pretty good, pretty high fancy point total as well. Uh, 582 course history wise, I guess that'd be the biggest worry, not the best course history. And as a whole, not the best in recent form, but specialist wise, very good stat fit wise, very good uh, average mile rank 12. So pretty good stuff there. We look at the last few starts would rank out really well. Strokes gain total. Uh, $100 left over. So pretty good stuff there as a whole for that build. But that's all I have for you guys for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, give me a like and subscribe. That helps me continue to put out this great golf content for you guys and which obviously should be able to help you guys out more uh, DFS wise. Okay, been a great run. We hope that continues and it should. All right, thanks for watching guys. Let's have a good slate and as always, let's keep cash.